1: Two writers as uh, hard to round up as these two they don't make a lot of appearances around here I'm sure everybody here has a lot of questions for them but I'd like to start with one myself uh, to Lizzie which is uh, as I recall your first novel a different light was a science fiction novel mm-hmm. and uh, I, I ask or I mentioned it because my first novel was actually fantasy and then I moved completely into science fiction it seems to me that you moved from science fiction into fantasy, or do you see it that way, or do you separate the genres, or what, how did, would you describe your trajectory that way?
2: Uh, I don't separate the genres really, but I, I did start with a science fiction novel, then I wrote three fantasy novels, and then I went back to an even bigger science fiction novel. Which was what? <laughs> Sardonic's Net.
1: Oh, right. Okay.
2: So, who knows? I might write another science fiction novel some decade. (laughs) I don't know, Terry.
1: Okay. And, um, all right. (laughs) And my question to Marta is, did you, you, um, how did you get into short fiction? I mean... um, It it seems to me that you're a very accomplished short story writer. Do do you did you is that something you've always done, or sort of backed into, or how do you? Uh,
0: Nobody ever believes me when I say this. Novels are easier to write than short fiction. They take a greater commitment of time. But uh, you can get really sloppy with the novel, and you can head off on little tangents that you can't get away with in a short piece. And you can, you know, play with a motivation here and add a villain here. And, you know. <laughs> uh, novels, novels are not a piece of cake. None of this is a piece of cake. But short stories are tough little bastards to write. And the shorter, the harder they are, because you get to the point where every damn syllable has to justify its presence in there. I like the challenge of writing short stories. I like trying to pare down whatever it is that I have to say into as small a package as possible. And then make sure that I've got everything in there that I need to communicate. Uh, and that's, of course, the tricky part. I mean, my first drafts are big, baggy, Victorian things, you <laughs> know, sentences that go on for decades. And and I really love polysyllabic words, and I use a lot of them. What kind of words? Uh, you know, <laughs> one, ones that take you about an hour to get from the first part of the word to the last part of the word. Um, I just like writing short fiction because it is tougher.
1: Huh. <laughs> well no that's that's interesting i mean i um i always thought the i write a, I, I write a lot of short stories and I, and to me they're i always described a short story to me is like fixing a car in a week or so you're done and to me writing a novel is like farming it's like every day you go to the same field and it looks pretty much the same as it did the day before
0: <laughs> <laughs> but no, no 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 No, 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 no. Writing writing a novel is sort of like like building the Grand Canyon. I mean, it looks like this huge, impressive thing, but you get tired of one side canyon. You can go and fuck around. You can go around and do something somewhere else. The Grand Canyon wasn't
1: built. It was.
0: That's what they want. That's
1: what we want you to believe. Okay. What about you, Lizzie? Do you write? um, You've written short fiction. You don't think it's short enough, but.
2: Um for me, writing yeah, well, a short, a short story, story is like a f i is like uh a flash of lightning um and that's what it feels like when i'm doing it when i do a a really short story uh you know there's short story is actually a technical term a certain number of thousands of words. I forget what the number of thousands of words are and then you it's, have
1: what is, it's like twelve right
0: it depends on whether you're no, looking. At, no, I'm on whether you're looking at Hugo rules or Nebula rules. They Which of them? seventy-four ninety-nine. Thank you.
1: Is that it? Seventy-four ninety-nine. Okay. Is that is that really the the Nebula That's or Hugo definition? Seventy-five hundred. A novelette goes up to like twelve five or something. Mm.
3: 1699. And then you have
2: novellas. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I, short stories. I uh, kind of agree with Marta that short stories are. Are really, really hard. I think novels are really, really hard too, (laughs) but they're, they have different kinds of difficulties. Um, I have written some short stories. These days I find that my short stuff wants to come inside the world of Dragon's Winter and Dragon's Treasure, and so I have written some short fiction that uh, are actually short stories, or novellas more appropriately, or novelettes, um, that are in that world and having to do with that world. Um, In Dragon's Winter and Dragon's Treasure both, there are characters who are singers and storytellers. And it kind of gave me a nice scope for writing songs and stories that are part of the world that I'm describing in those two fantasy novels. I haven't written a whole lot of standalone stuff recently. Don't know if I will. Don't know when I will.
1: Cool. Does anybody else have any questions um, for these two?
2: Just don't ask, what are you working on now?
0: Hey, Lizzie. No. <laughs> <laughs> when Liz and I were both coming up, as writers, early, early on, we used to get together with a fair amount of frequency at her place or at mine, and we would read our stuff to each other. And I was reminded tonight of how much I miss that experience. Me too. Listening to mm-hmm. Lizzie read to me. I heard all of Journey before anybody
2: else did, mm-hmm. and all of Dangerous Games before anybody else did. I heard did. all of
0: Sardonic's Net. Yeah, you I'm did. I am the mouse. Know how you stood it.
2: <laughs>
1: That's the weird sex story, right?
0: They all are, yeah. <laughs> Some stories have weird sex in them. Mine are upright, pure, clean, and the Boy Scouts of America would yeah, probably right. faint, but...
3: Not the ones i read.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, what about uh, plays? You've written for theater, right? Yeah. What's? The, I know there's big bucks there, but other than that... <laughs> What's it like?
0: This, this was a strange little project put together by a guy who had a lot of doings with a group that was then called Mill Valley Players, and he was a science fiction fan and theater buff. And he came up with this lovely idea of getting together a bunch of playwrights and a bunch of science fiction writers to work in tandem to create brief, um, I don't even think you could glorify them with the word one act. But Vignettes? Very, pardon? Vignettes? Yeah, very brief theater pieces uh, that were eventu- that were read, that were staged readings by uh, professional actors in San Francisco, and they were presented at the Exploratorium over the course of two weekends. Mm. Um, the second weekend because er- they sold out on the first, which was kind of nice.
1: So it was a
0: success. It was a success. You learned to collaborate not only with your playwright, my playwright partner, but also with the actors who were very much involved. And writing fiction, as most of you probably know, is a tremendously um, personal thing to do. You you don't, unless you're Harlan, you don't do it in public. <laughs> um, you don't do it, you usually don't do it collaboratively. It's, it's you and the computer screen, you and the typewriter, you and the pencil and paper. Um, And learning how to create something in a collaborative atmosphere was really interesting.
1: Who was your collaborator?
0: I am trying to remember. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I honestly can't. Tell us what the play was about. The play was about telepaths. And what I wanted to do was arrange for each... There were two characters who were telepaths and one character who wasn't. Mother and daughter were telepaths. And I wanted to have three separate voices for each of the telepathic characters. A voice that is verbal, that you hear as you are listening to me. A telepathic voice that only the other telepath can hear. And then a an totally interior voice that only the character hears, the, the, the thought voice. And I conceived of it as sounding like a carillon of bells that made verbal sense. And I don't know if I ever achieved that, but I had a lot of fun trying. Sounds lovely. It was, it was, it was cool.
1: Well, did, it, did it make sense? Did people get any sense out of it? Uh,
0: I think that was one of those cases where I, I pleased a few people and bewildered a whole lot of other people. <laughs> <laughs> but at its best, yes, the second performance, it did indeed, I thought, made sense. Cool. So, what about you guys? How do you write? <laughs> Sporadically. Sporadically. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Um, I just finished a story that I decided I was going to write as a poem. Uh, I decided I was going to write a sestina because I'd never written a sestina before, and I thought that would be interesting.
1: You've never written a sestina?
3: No. <laughs> Jesus. Go ahead. <laughs> I wasn't, I Major, so I'd never written a sestina. Okay. So I decided I was going to write a sestina and then turn it into a short story and write it
0: in the style of John Cheever. Whoa. Um, all right. How, how did that work out for you, Ellen?
3: Um, it was a really fascinating and really fun process, and the story was has elements of all those, but only if you look, only if you squint. <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was a fabulous process, and it got me from, this feels like homework, I don't want to do this, to, oh oh, I, I could try that. Yes. Uh, and yes, the final story has nothing to do with what the concept was, but it
0: was a really cool process. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, and that, I think, is the kind of thing you can do in short fiction that you can't really do a lot in long fiction. What? Is to come up with an idea of writing a sestina and then taking it and turning that structure and the thought behind it into short fiction. If you do it at novel length, I think you run the risk of killing yourself. I don't think you could do it at normal. No, but doing it as a short as a piece of short fiction is a delicious challenge. That's 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 really cool. I'm gonna well, I try guess. that.
1: I don't know. Why would you write a Sestina? I saw a a. a <laughs> no, because seriously, was I was there. I I I, bought, I was in the bar with Joe Haldeman I would have something to say. <laughs> <laughs> I bought a ninety-eight Sestina for twelve hundred dollars <laughs> off Craigslist. <laughs> <laughs> you know. That was easy. Are you going to the same places over time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me ask Lizzie. I mean, I think uh uh, uh done a lot of different stuff, but like I, you've done a lot of st- different stuff, but not all of it in terms of have you ever written for like uh you, uh you you said you would written some for comics?
2: I uh Trina Robbins and I collaborated on turning The Woman Who Loved the Moon into a comic. All right. And, and it was wonderful. Oh, I had such a good time. Um, Trina would do this incredible illustration, and then she would say, what words do you want in here? And I would say, don't put any words in there at all. <laughs> We're done. Yeah, because um, the story is, in fact, um I don't know how to say this, but it lends itself very well to the graphic uh, uh, construction, and it didn't need the words. She just did it all with her pictures. It was so fun. That was years ago, my goodness. Uh, I haven't done any any other work for comics other than that. I've written short stories. I've not done any theater. I've written novellas and novelettes and novels and bad poetry, and... Yeah, um, any good poetry? Probably not. <laughs> I think that's all. I don't... Um, I don't write nonfiction. Uh, I've had the opportunity on occasion, um, every once in a while, in one of my other incarnations, I'm a martial arts instructor, and every once in a while... Um, Somebody asked me to write something about martial arts, and I have no interest in doing that. I'd just rather do it.
1: Yeah, didn't you write a book about Babes of I
2: did. No. That was you. Did. Yeah. Isn't <laughs> that nonfiction? Oh, well, it was biography, uh, <laughs> sort of. I, this is a, actually kind of no, wait, a funny No, wait, biography story is not now. nonfiction? Yes, it's nonfiction. <laughs>
0: um, well it depends on who the biographer well that's well, yeah. why this is a funny story <laughs> Terry
2: shut up and let me tell my story All right. <laughs> All right. the story is is that at a time when I needed the work and couldn't seem to pull any novels out of my head um, my agent found me a a um, a gig Writing, biogra- juvenile biography. You had one,
0: too. Chelsea House. I wrote John H. John right. Kennedy. You did Kennedy. I did
1: Chelsea House, too. Oh, oh my, my goodness. 2500 well, $2, bucks. That's, That's
0: right. Cool. What the
1: hell? That's right.
4: Very
2: useful at the time. <laughs> you bet. So I went and, you know, did a whole bunch of research. I, Babe Didrikson Zaharias is a really interesting person. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed writing it. And I turned it in and um, found out much, much later that they completely and totally rewrote it. Yeah. Completely. Uh, I didn't recognize my own handiwork when they sent me the author's copies. (laughs) And I, you know, fumed and fussed. Internally, of course, and tried to think if there was any way that I could get my name taken off it and the name of whoever really wrote it put on it. And I just decided that was just too much trouble and a waste of time, and it was a wow. nice lesson for my ego. And forget about it, kid. And I have totally forgotten about
1: it.
0: Now, what was your choice What did you theory? do? I did John Kennedy. Who did you do? I,
1: um, well, I did uh, Nat Turner, and I did Harry Ooh. Tubman. Ooh. Ooh. Pretty cool. cool. But uh, the Nat Turner book was—it's the best-selling book I've ever written. It's in every library. <gasps> How there's wonderful. not a lot of there's yeah. not a lot of biographies of Nat Turner, and uh, uh, it's in every library I've ever been to. And with Chelsea House, you get a flat, flat twenty-five hundred dollars. Oh yeah, and for
0: freaking ever. Yeah, it's a writer yeah. for
1: hire deal. That was the last time I ever did a writer for hire deal. Yeah. Although I must admit, they did a beautiful job on the book. Yeah, and they, they did. And, but the the Harriet Tubman book, the same thing. They changed every word of it, and I I actually took my name off the book. Do, I want to talk it, about this. Sometimes it appears on Amazon as a book I read. Mm-hmm. and sometimes yeah. it doesn't. But uh, but it really wasn't my book. But the Nat Turner, I was actually quite proud of, because they're they're just you know they're for high school kids, but they don't have to be stupid, no. and they're and they're just the right length, which is about seventy pages. Uh-huh. And I, I actually like Chelsea House. Yeah, I would I think, never write for her again. But.
0: No. I think they did okay by me. I mean, they didn't change me around too much. They may, s- may say a bad thing about me that they didn't feel that they needed to <laughs> I don't think period. so. And and my book had a forward by Arthur Schlesinger. Ooh. All of them in that particular group had a forward, the same freaking forward. Mine
2: had
1: a forward by Coretta Scott King.
0: Yeah, I don't remember
2: sad. if mine had a forward at all probably not
1: yeah. well that's interesting that's yeah. that's writer for hire that's a whole other a
0: yeah whole well other back thing. in the 50s it was porn That yeah. <laughs> kids yeah. biographies we've improved <laughs> well that's cool
1: that's kind of cool yeah. so so you have done some nonfiction, even though I guess you, you did well, something you did. and they did something else with it now when you're teaching uh, mm-hmm. I know you do a lot of teaching and uh Do you, like we're talking about the short story or the novel, is there a distinction there? What do you, how do you go about this? Do you teach the novel sometimes, the short story sometimes, or do you just teach like narrative structure, period?
0: Most of my teaching these days is done through a group called uh, the Gotham Writers Workshop in New York uh, out of uh, writingclasses.com online. And they're actually a decent bunch of people. I mean, there's a lot of of rip-off, will help you become a writer and make buckets of money, organizations out there who are to be avoided. Um, These people come to it with the idea that what most people are looking for and what most people need is some help in terms of craft. And they do understand the distinction between talent and craft. One, you can teach, one you can't.
1: Which one do you, can you teach? You can <laughs> teach the craft, baby. Oh. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so um, they offer, I teach all three levels for them. And the first two basically are short fiction. Because I think you can learn a hell of a lot more working on short fiction, even if what you're mostly interested in is writing great big baggy 12-part serial novels, which it seems that everybody, Is interested in doing right now. Robert Jordan Show. Crank them out, (laughs) crank them out. Um, When I was learning how to sail when I was a kid, I was told that if you can learn to sail an El Toro, which is about as size the size of, well, the tie that you're not wearing. Um, you could say A little anything. shorter than
1: a sestina. I'm wearing Yeah, it. much shorter than a sestina.
0: About the size of a couplet, right. in fact, oh, but yeah. not a rhymed couplet. Right. Um, and the same thing, I think, is true of fiction. I enjoy teaching short fiction. The trouble with teaching novels, especially in a session that's going to last for 10 weeks, um, is that you can't really get to a whole novel. Not if you've got... Well, the novel sections are usually limited to about seven people. You can't get to seven full novels and do justice to each one of them in the course of a ten-week period. It ain't going to happen. Most of the things that people have trouble with when they're coming up as writers are things like structure. I can teach you how to write a decent paragraph. I can teach you how to handle dialogue. I can teach you how to find the problems in the pacing of what you're doing. I can try to teach you how to figure out where your characterization goes, all to hell. But in 10 weeks, I can't teach you how to structure a novel because you have to do the whole thing. I can get you through the beginning. I, with less success, can get you through the middle if you haven't given me the beginning. And with even less success, we can try to tackle the end, and I usually won't do that because that's just stupid. It doesn't do the student any good, it doesn't do me any good as a writer, and then I end up feeling really lousy because I didn't do my job, and I don't like feeling lousy. So if I could convince people who want to learn to write to write nothing but short stories for the first decade of their writing careers, I would be just lovely. And everything you (laughs) learn at the short fiction level Every single thing that you learn at the short fiction level applies to writing novels, period. Across the board, no exceptions. End you of just random.
1: contradicted everything you said before. No, I didn't. You said that a novel, you can, you can go off here, go off there, it can be baggy, you can introduce If you know
0: here. what you're doing, if you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to be able to go in there, find the problems, and fix them, because most of them are structural.
1: Okay. Is that right?
2: (laughs) (laughs) I certainly agree that uh, that uh, someone who wants to write should spend the first however many years it takes writing short fiction. I think that you will learn so much by trying to write short fiction.
0: Um, More than that, I cannot say. Short fiction teaches you when to shut up. Lots of neo-writers have I think that's the most, one of the most difficult things that they come to is learning when to shut up, when you've said enough. People don't trust themselves so you have a scene in which X happens and then you have to repeat it just in case your audience didn't understand it and then you have to tell it from a slightly different perspective but it's the same damn thing happening and then you go, this is such a common neo-writer problem and it's easily curable by letting me kick your butt around a short story class for 10 weeks.
1: Well, all right, but you know, if you think about the history, science fiction started out as a short story market, I mean, in Mm -hmm. terms of US, and then people um, sort of cobbled them together, it it became, you know, it started out in the pulps. Um, But today, there is no short story market.
0: Yeah, I know.
1: Uh, uh, you can't give away a book of short stories. But Nobody you can still
2: reads. learn how to write by writing short yes, stories. thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Um,
4: <laughs> yeah, Even if you thing. never
2: sell any of them, you will have learned your craft. Yeah.
0: And if you care enough about your craft, I mean, there are... <clears throat> beloved husband, New York trip brought me a present. <laughs> um, if you care enough about your craft to learn your craft... I suspect that there are a lot of people out there who care enough about seeing their names on the cover of a book so that craft really doesn't enter into it. And I know that we've all done this. You've all gone out and regretted bitterly that 15 bucks that you spent on that book that just you know, you may have finished it because you were convinced it was going to start getting better 25 bucks. Yeah. yeah. In hardcover. Mm. Any page now, it's, f- it's got to start getting better. It can't get any worse.
2: It can get longer, though. It does. And they do.
0: And they do. I think that
2: um, I am not, not, not saying anything against technology. I love writing on a computer. Okay? Uh, but I think that, and this is not news. Lots of people have said this, I'm sure. I think that having the computer, the ease of writing has made it very, very easy for people not to have to be brief, not to have to refine, not to have to see that you could say with two words what you used twelve for. I suspect that There's been a change also, and I don't know this, not being in the publishing end, but I suspect there's also been a change in the fashion for what people expect from science fiction and fantasy. Yes. So that... um, What do you you mean? Well, I think that more words are... um, People like having lots and lots of words. People like having books that are 500 and 600 pages long. (coughs) And... Uh, they like tremendous amounts of description, and they like uh, lots and lots of um, world details. And um, it's passive reading instead of active reading. Okay, I think. that 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 would be one way to look at it. I don't know that this is the case, but I think that, and I'm not even saying that it's a bad thing, because you can write, in fact, a 600-page book that. No one would want to put down because it's so interesting. It's a whole lot harder, however, to do that than it is to write a 250-page book that no one would want to put down. I kind of like brevity, but that's just me.
5: Mm. Now, this is just a sidebar on what Lizzie said. In Japan, they basically went pretty much literally from the brush and possibly the pen to word processing because of the language, there was never really like serious typewriter.
4: Mm.
5: <coughs> of course. Went, the Japanese novels went in a very short period of time from extreme brevity to substantial length.
1: Oh, that's interesting. Really? Uh, yeah. I
5: have, uh, really? yeah, yeah, I have uh, A friend who was a professor who wrote his PhD thesis right on the edge of that. And he turned it in on, you know, word process, gave it back to him told him they were very sorry that he would have to go back They, were, I, and they were only being Japanese polite in this case when they said very sorry uh, that he would have to go back to the brush Huh. and then so this is ver- this is a story from the 80s hmm. so this is very much within recent memory and it profoundly changed the way Japanese novels are written.
2: and I wonder if it hasn't also profoundly changed the way um, English language Novels are written and read, but I don't know because it's too now, soon.
1: But, but wait a minute—the the age of the huge English novel was the Victorian age, and these novels yes. were not written on typewriters.
0: And, no, uh, but they were published week by week in in weekly magazines. So that right. was, okay. you know.
1: They're what?
2: Pride and Prejudice is not a large
1: book. Well, no, no. True. No Victorian. It's not Victorian.
0: Um, yeah.
3: Yes. Okay.
2: Yes, <laughs> Ellen. Sestina.
3: My show. Um, I'd like to take exception with the 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 idea that there is no short, short science fiction market. Yes. market, Because the magazines certainly have declined since the 40s, 50s, mm-hmm. but the anthologies with the rise of the small presses in the last
1: 15 years have increased tenfold. That's, That's good to know. That's yeah. true. And also it's true that, that science fi- genre fiction is the only short fiction market. I, you know.
3: anyway, well, I mean, if, if you think, I mean, you can publish short fiction if you don't want to make any Except money. Except for the New Yorker. Uh, um, if you want to make money, you're making more in genre than you are in literary science fi- uh, literary fiction. Yeah. Um, but even so, there's, I mean, I just finished reading for the World Fantasy Award, and we read... Seventy anthologies that were published in two thousand eight. Wow, And each of them, and except for for one that was two that were reprints, they were all original anthologies, so they've got twelve to fifteen stories each.
1: So that's that's right. No, that's true. But
3: that's
2: that's really good to know.
3: That's and not obviously some of them are crap, but but there's still there's a market out out ninety percent. <laughs>
0: you just kind of have to, it's not the, yeah. the magazine. Okay, I, wonder, I, I stand correct. I wonder what kind of distribution a lot of these get, though. I mean, are we talking about. Mass market paperback, right? Well,
3: well, right, ask, but are. Ask, ask Jacob out, out in the lobby after you guys are done. I'll ask Jacob right back tech, behind you. Tachyon has published several of them, and the other mm-hmm. San Francisco publisher, which is Nightshade, has published a lot of the rest of them. Okay.
1: So Jacob, how do these do? How do these do compared to like an au- a single author collection or a theme
0: collection?
3: Much better. Which? Really? Uh, the the anthologies do much better than a single. All
0: right. Yeah, that was always nice true though. Yeah.
3: So yeah, there is a market for original original short fiction and I uh, stand corrected. It's and, true. And I I I kind of got to get a plug in for I don't think short fiction is training wheels for a novel.
0: Oh, no, short fiction is the best fiction you yeah. can write.
3: It's, it's a separate art form, <laughs> and I think that if you start out as a newbie writing novels, unless you're really good, you're over your head, but but I've always chafed against the idea that you write short fiction, and then you graduate. <clears throat> you graduate.
2: No, 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 yeah. I didn't say that.
3: No, no, nobody said that, I'm just. She yeah, said so. it, that's what she said.
0: Well, I, I, it is, it is, it, it is. I said you can learn more writing short fiction than you can learn from going in to write a novel ab initio. Yeah. You know, you just plain learn your craft doing, I mean, it, it's easier to learn it in the short length. Except
3: they're harder to
0: write. Yes, which is good. Now, did Abenicio write mostly short guys? (laughs) Work at this. Writing is not something you do sitting on the toilet, people. Writing is something that you sweat over. Well, you could if you wanted to, but you know, writing writing is something you sweat over. Writing is something you care about. Even if you're writing a great big baggy multi part sort of <laughs> Shana Nara flooby, whatever they Nobody call ever them. thinks you they're know. writing a bad book. Yeah, but I mean oh, yeah. care about what you do. Care about what you do. If you whatever. don't care about what you do, go the fuck away. Well now... <laughs> now, now,
1: Here's a question. if if science I know, it's fiction for
0: children, I feel bad now. <laughs>
1: No, it, it, it is true. I, I think that, that there are these collections, you know, like of, uh, uh, you know, the mundane short stories or, you know, uh, these, these sort of theme collections in science fiction. Why do you think, and this is a question for Jacob or, or maybe for anybody, why has nobody in so-called mainstream ever done this? Why are there no, uh, 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 like, um, Harlequin short story collections? Why are there no... Uh, Rick?
3: They? they do. There's all sorts of, you can get, the, I my favorite bookmark is a collection of mainstream fiction called uh, This Is Not chick And it's all women, all fiction by women writers. that. Mm-hmm. I've that seen that.
1: Not oh, okay. So they are doing this yeah. now. Okay.
3: So, of, I have a different
1: answer. Okay.
3: Which is, you have to train readers. Readers learn what to expect. And if there, you know, there used to be a mainstream short story market in places like Red Book. I heard Lizzie mention the New Yorker mm-hmm. Quiet. Right. But there's not.
1: Mademoiselle?
3: Yeah, but there's not a lot of people right. out there. So not, the readers of mainstream are not being Don't know taught how. how to read short stories. And I think mm. Marta's point about. Um, writing short stories being harder i think reading short stories is also a
1: little harder yes absolutely that's really true that, they, it is hard and people don't they don't want to do it cuz it is hard yeah mm-hmm. and they, and it is true that that every art form has to train its you, you uh, that's you know i wouldn't that's that's very true you have to train people like the impressionists had to train people how to look at paintings you know mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everybody got it you know but it took a while I can
2: remember in, I'm going to guess and say 7th grade, might have been 8th grade, reading Shirley Jackson's The Lottery in school. I mean, talk about getting a good education, you know. I mean, one of the best short story writers in the English language. Genre fiction.
1: And, and the great uh, the great advantage we have as science fiction uh, uh, is that we are dealing with a trained audience. People know how to read science fiction. They 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 really do. And uh, and probably people know how to read fantasy pretty much. And but genre fiction, non genre fiction, uh, is a little more difficult these days. Um, you were raising? Are you raising your hand? No. The guy in the red hat. No. No. Okay. Well, you know, I was reading Salinger recently, and uh, it was kind of in. It was, Why? Hmm. <laughs>
4: how, how did it hold up? Yeah.
1: Uh, I I think the nine stories are are fantastic. Right. I okay. love the nine stories, and uh, I think uh, I was reading Franny and Zooey, and uh, it's very sentimental. It's almost mm-hmm. cloying, mm-hmm. but it's it's beautifully done. I. You know, I have a whole theory about Salinger. Salinger, to me, is the Edith Wharton of today. He's writing about a narrow but vivid but ruined social class that knows it's ruined. And so there's this, there's this elegiac quality yes, his yes. that his writing. It's a very nostalgic pal- quality. It's still very it? powerful, and I like it. But the interesting thing to me is to look at a, a paperback edition of Franny and Zooey, and it just says Franny and Zooey, J.D. Salinger. There's no cover copy, there's no anything. You didn't need it. This That's guy right. was big business. Mm-hmm. This this guy was uh show business, you know. You'll ne you won't see a book you won't see a mass market paperback today that looks anything like the Salinger editions from the from the seventies. And uh I just thought that was interesting,
2: you know. That is interesting. Yeah. And
1: and there's no writer. I I was at a um A a writers program a a few months ago in Pennsylvania and I was asking people uh, sort of the same question do you read short stories what short stories do you read well they don't read short stories they read David Sedaris and I read I realized David Sedaris is the short story writer that's replaced Mm -hmm. Salinger and he's so shrewd he doesn't call them short stories right but they are and and they're brilliant I think he's a brilliant writer but he's also it's smart that they're not called short stories, but he's replaced okay. John O'Hara and Salinger, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. he's okay. the New Yorker short story writer. It's
0: like the titillation of nonfiction. With a yeah. piece of fiction, you know the writer is making it up, but with somebody like Sedaris, uh, it's you know, wow, this really happened, maybe.
1: Robinson fucking Crusoe, bit. and this <laughs> goes way back, yeah. you know. Question but in the back. Yeah. Yeah. Hello. That's right. Uh, yeah. In all different kinds of genres, there's there's no and it basically is doing very well, and they've extended that into other magazines, books, and short stories. It's a whole McSweeney's like, empire. Right. You're right. From, uh, You're right. Sort of like, mm-hmm. uh, we're not being negative. We're just jealous.
4: <laughs> <laughs> what he said. Yes. <laughs>
1: No, that's, that's, a, a nice that's a good point. corrective, And maybe it doesn't. A good corrective. Yeah, we piss and moan a lot, you know. But uh, speak for yourself.
2: Right. <laughs> well, I do. Yeah, me too. I Why don't, don't you? I'm a sunny, happy-go-lucky kind of person. <laughs> yeah.
5: I, I think you're also talking about something else, which is that 50 years ago there was a literary universe. It was a large literary universe genre fiction was on the edges it was not particularly respected and this mm-hmm. is stuff everybody knows what you have now is something which is much more diffuse, you don't have a mainstream readership for short stories No. what you have are all these different places where short stories exist and are published and are read
2: this so, is so, and and, and so very popular in those places
5: very popular in those places Sweeney's would, would be a really good example of that, but you're really just t- you're talking about universes which operate so differently that I think if you're talking from the perspective of McCall's and Redbook and all of that, at this point you're 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 talking about what did you just say about Salinger?
2: Nostalgia, Nostalgia. Yeah, yeah, the world yeah.
5: Once
2: and perhaps not missed, frankly. Yeah. I think we need to finish
1: up. Yeah, we do. You guys go home. Um, <laughs> does anybody have
0: any? any? Um, Give us one brilliant yeah. question to get us home. <laughs> I always love doing Why that you to you home? guys. So, <laughs> Why do you write? Because I don't have a choice. Doesn't that sound good? I've been practicing that one for decades. Yeah. Why do you write, Liz? Um,
2: because my muse came back from Buenos Aires and changed me to the computer. Look You
1: asked. Hey, guys, thanks a lot.